This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Hi, I'm Ralph Tucker from Tucker Media. The year 2020 has certainly presented challenges for everyone across the world. In 2020 Revision, I'll chat to a cross-section of the community about their experiences and learnings in this truly unique period of history. From business owners, to professional athletes, to new mums, everyone will share their stories. And to give it an authentic 2020 feel, I've recorded these chats at my kitchen table over Zoom. Gus Warland, welcome to 2020 Revision. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to see you, brother, and uh, I really missed you around the halls of Triple M and love what you're doing at the ABC. Uh, keep hearing the boys talking about you as I'm listening, and um, I'm, I think you found a home there, so congrats. I certainly have. Now, 2020 has been a, let's say, interesting year for everybody. Uh, can you please take us through yours? Uh, you're obviously the founder of the Gotcha for Life Foundation. Yeah, that's right. I mean, juggling now the Triple M work, which of course was breakfast for many years, to just doing the Saturday morning show with Dead Set Legends was was has been really fantastic. That's given me the balance I think that I've needed having a bit of fun on a Saturday morning on the radio. But yeah, the most important work is Gotcha for Life. It's nearly four years old now, off the back of the Man Up program I did on the ABC, and I'm very thrilled to say that the ABC still have got it on iView, which is wonderful because so many people need to see it. Um, I started Gotcha for Life because I knew that I could keep going talking to people about what it takes to be a man and now what it takes to be a woman. Today, compared to what it was in the past when all those rules were um, were first made up. So, um, unfortunately, Ralph, the situation since March has been dire for the Australian um, mental health uh, area, I like to call it mental fitness, and we've been very unfit between our ears for quite a while, and I think the pandemic made it even worse, and we're now having seven men every single day take their own life, and nearly three ladies, and 70,000 people attempting suicide, so every 30 seconds or so, someone attempts to take their own life in this country, so we've got a real problem, we had it before the pandemic, We have we've had it through the pandemic, and I believe when the when the welfare tap is turned off sometime in around March, April of 2021, we're going to have a real problem as well. So we've been very busy. We pivoted very quickly, turned our workshops into virtual online workshops, which I was worried about because I think what I love about what we do is actually build a really safe place within a room, within a sporting club, within a corporation to sit down and have some real conversations of gravity. And I, I was worried about whether or not we could build that same safety through technology, but it's been incredibly good. Uh, Zoom we've been using, it's been so great. Um, so I think even once the pandemic is done, we'll probably keep 30 or 40% of our workshops online. We found a lot of guys in particular were a lot happier, secure at home, rather than going off to a sporting club or a surf life-saving club or something like that. They didn't want to walk into those rooms. So they came to our workshops because it was safe for them on technology. So we've touched nearly 50,000 people. We've given away nearly $5 million in in funding since we started, and that's all to people working in that preventable area of suicide. Um, I just want people to find someone that they can have a conversation with outside of banter so we're not worrying alone so much. That's that's the main problem for us Aussie blokes. We worry alone too much and then 
we put the mask on, we go off there into the big wide world and we don't, we don't tell anyone how we truly feel. And that really starts to eat away at us and, and we end up making some really poor decisions. So if we, we sort of unpack a lot of that, I mean, if you look at the, the global pandemic and you mentioned that the, the issues sort of predate a lot of that, I mean, throughout the media, a lot has been made of the, I guess, the, the positive aspect of, of families getting together and being able to do things that they wouldn't ordinarily do because they were forced into lockdown and the commute was no longer there. They had more time with their families. But I think what has been hidden in all of that is that the, there's the vast number of people in our community, as you've touched on, that are lonely, that go home to nobody, that in that lockdown situation were unable to talk to somebody. And, and you've been a, a long-time advocate for, for having the conversations. And how difficult has it been, even with your own workshops, as you've highlighted, is that that lack of human connection, which is so important yeah. in what you do. Absolutely. I believe suicide is a death of loneliness. No doubt about it. People get to a stage where they believe that life will go along quite well without them. So they check out and they don't believe anyone's checking in on them. Um, people in isolation away from work or if you lost your job and you still couldn't get out, especially people in Victoria, they would go weeks without any conversation whatsoever outside of perhaps a transaction. And that's no conversation at all, just passing money over, buying the paper in the morning or groceries or whatever. So there's so many people out that are lo out there lonely. There are so many people out there that just don't have anyone. So how it was enhanced for a lot of us that had family and, and friends and kept our work to a certain degree, it was just as bad the other way for a lot of people. And that's why we had such an increase in, in people taking their life every single day in this country. It's the number one way to die now if you're an Australian male Whereas before the pandemic, it was the number one way to die if you're aged between 15 and 44. So that number has increased. And like I said, nearly 70,000 people attempting suicide and most of those are women. So we've got a problem right across our society, um, Tux. And what I believe, the only way that I believe that we can get through it is by educating blokes of our age, our children and our fathers. So right across guys and girls right across Australia, we need to learn how to have the conversation outside of banter because a lot of us want to have it, but we don't quite know how to sit in awkward silence. We don't know quite how to start that conversation. We don't know who to have that conversation with. Not all of us have got that best mate that we can go put the hand up and go, right, I'm going to go and see them and tell them how I feel. Even that is difficult. So imagine trying to find the person, then come up with the words and then sit in enough awkward silence to actually finish that conversation where you've come to some sort of point where you've been truthful, honest, honest and, and, and vulnerable. It's not a place where Aussie men want to be. We've never been comfortable in it. We've got to learn how to, how to, uh, to get there. So based on your experiences over the last couple of years, how do we do that? How do we open up to, to people? How do we put ourselves in the situation and, and admit, yep, I'm struggling, we, I'm struggling. We man up. We man up and speak up. We don't man up and shut up anymore. So that's a real change. When you and I were growing up, it was like, you know, toughen up, mate. Get on with it, you know. But that, that has got us to the position we are now. And don't, I don't think for a moment that we want to burst into tears every five minutes or have that deep and meaningful conversation every time we talk to our friends. But we need to find someone at the right time to talk to outside of banter. So the best advice I can give anyone listening or watching us having a chat this morning, Ralph, would be to say, you've got to muscle up. 
you've got to get in the grind. You've got to find that person, whether it's professional or a friend or a family member or someone at work, and you've got to say to them, this is going to be difficult. Uh, I don't quite know how I'm going to get this out, but I need you to stick with me because I need to tell someone how I'm truly feeling because I'm faking it with everyone else. And as soon as you say those words to people, people will rally for you. They really will. They'll understand that this conversation is different to normal conversation. It's different to the banter conversation we're so comfortable with and they will sit with you and they will get through it. It might mean tears running out of your eyes. It's not running out of your nose, but you need to sit in that uncomfortable silence. We need to learn how to be uncomfortable and a bit out of control. And that's a very difficult place for most men in particular go to, but we need to do it. I'd much prefer to have a difficult conversation now with you than be doing your eulogy in a month's time going, I had no idea that my friend of mine or my cousin or my work colleague or my teammate was going through what they're going through. Everyone rallies after trauma. So what we need to do, we need to get ahead of the trauma and say, you know what, let's build some emotional muscle now so we don't have trauma at all. So sporting clubs, I'm saying to them, let's 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 do the mental fitness program. Let's do all these um, accidental counsellor, first mental health first aid. Let's get all the coaches up to date with all those different courses and so forth. Let's have all these workshops for the boys and girls in your club or at your workplace before you have a suicide, before something happens, because that way we're ahead of the curve. Um, everyone's willing to jump on board a fundraiser once someone has actually taken their own life. Well, enough of that. Let's get ahead of it. And that's what I'm trying to tell people. And that is not easy. It's easier for me because I'm a communicator. Um, I imagine it for someone like yourself, it might be easier, but there's a lot of people out there that really, really struggle and they don't know how to start. So we need to teach them and that's what our workshops do. I love the fact that you're gearing this all towards mental fitness rather than mental health because I feel like there is and there has been and things have improved over the years, don't get me wrong, but that stigma around mental health is a real sort of bugbear for, for many people because it admits weakness and people don't want to admit weakness. But the time has come, as you said, to develop it. If you want to go to the gym to get fit, you go and get fit. Let's get fit mentally. Yeah, it, it ain't weak to speak um, is a really important one. And, 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 and man up, speak up is another way. That's sort of finished our man up program with that. And you're absolutely right. We need to have a positive and normalise the conversation. So mental health takes you straight to the bottom of the barrel. It makes you think you're on medication, you're seeing a counsellor, and you're not coping at all, which is not the case, but that's what people think. So if we talk about our physical fitness, give yourself a mark out of 10. You can give yourself that mark. Let's say it's a 6 out of 10, a 7 out of 10. You go, okay, well, I want to get better. So all the information is there. The gym is there, the personal trainer, people at work saying, oh, get this food delivered, try this bloke. What about the gym down the road? It's got a 50% off discount. There's so much positivity around you losing weight and getting healthier physically. Well, if you have that same conversation with your workmates and go, oh, got some dark thoughts going on in my head at the moment, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to cope with this. It's like people are like, okay, don't speak so loudly about that. Like <laughs> HR might hear you, the boss might hear you, may not get that promotional. They might look for an opportunity to give you a flick through the pandemic rather than someone else. It's it's an opportunity for us to, to be open, honest and vulnerable and by saying, you know what, I'm going through some tough times at the moment. I know we all go through it and this is what I'm doing to get my mental fitness up from a four or a five to a six or a seven and that's what we need to do. And I talk to so many people, Ralph, and they talk to me about waking up every morning at two or three out of ten 
And then slowly but surely, as the day goes on, they build themselves up to a better number. And that's what it's all about. There are some days where you've got a calf muscle injury, you can't run around the block. Other days you go to the gym and you whack out a magnificent session or a long-distance run or whack out a, a marathon. And then there's other days where you need to rest and you need to be on the sofa watching Netflix, you know, getting Uber Eats arriving. It's all right to have these ups and downs. It's all right to, to live your life bumbling through it a bit. We can't just keep nailing things and making out everything's awesome. And we need to normalise the discussion around mental health just like we do with our physical health and be comfortable in having that discussion. I guess how do you use social media in a, in a positive way? I mean, we look at it and people present their best lives on Instagram. Like nobody takes yeah. a bad Instagram photo and posts it <laughs> and think, oh, how great's that? You know, it's always the picture perfect scenario of the perfect family, the perfect dog, the perfect house, the perfect pool, all of that kind of thing. How do we get that message across that people aren't really living those perfect lives? You know, behind that is some sadness. There's some disruption in, in their lives. How do you go about trying to get into that space where a lot of people live their lives, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, behind that photograph, you know, um, there's a lot going on, as you said, and also the truth is probably somewhere in between, you know, the 10 minutes before that photo was taken and the 10 minutes after that photo was taken. Um, it's certainly time to throw away perfect, um, and I'm trying to do that the best I can on my Instagram posts, and I try to have a joke in there, there's some fun memes and stuff lying around, weren't they, through the pandemic. So I thought, well, I'll share one of those a day and then I'll share what I'm up to, but I'll try to be as real as possible and and I won't be trying to get that perfect sort of pose. But I've got two teenage daughters and a, and a 20-year-old son. Um, you know, believe me, they take 20 shots before they find the one that they want to post. So I understand there's a competition out there, but what we need to do is get into schools or get into people's thoughts that, their people are putting their best possible themselves up there for that moment, and but it's not real, you know, and that's what we need to get across. So don't stop the fact that people want to look nice and get the get that moment and so forth because that's just human nature. You want to show your best side, but what we need to do is get across to people that that isn't normal, that's not real, that's actually unreal, and, um, you know, the real stuff happens either side of those photographs. And the only way we'll do that is through education, and by having people stand up and explaining that. And I love it when some really attractive girls and women are out there that have huge influence on young girls have a no-makeup day or have a day where they show the normal photo where they're a bit slumped and the gut's a bit <clears throat> out there. And then the same day, the way that they catch the angle will make them look that way. And it's just two different shots, but it just shows what you know true life is compared to the to the unreal life that they're posting normally. So the more people doing that, more influencers doing that, the better. There's no doubt that social media has made a huge influence on our mental fitness. Uh, bullying doesn't stop at the school gate anymore. Kids don't want to miss out, so they've got multiple apps on the go. And girls in particular are horrible to each other. Um, body image stuff and just people feeling awful and making other people feel awful. Um, Keyboard ninjas standing, you know, sitting behind a, a laptop like we are right now, just causing havoc and so forth. There's been a horrible amount of stuff happens through social media. But on the other side, you know, it's so wonderful to be able to keep in contact with people and share your life and stuff. So you just got to get that balance right. But as long as you realise it's not real, that's what we need to get through to our kids in particular. 
So you're a positive guy generally, and we look at what happened in, in 2020. I mean, there is a lot of negativity out there, and there's also the damning statistics that you've highlighted. Yeah. What have been the great learnings from you from 2020? I think one of the greatest learnings is that we don't necessarily have to go to work to work, um, which I know causes lots of other dramas too, because there's a lot of people that are that are surrounding big office blocks in the city that have that have gone under because of the fact there's not people going in there and there's obviously you know public transport a lot of pressure on 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 everywhere but for me it was realizing technology could stand up and that you could do a lot of stuff from home and you didn't have to be traveling as much so that was a real positive um i learned that i hated puzzles and if i had one more 1000 piece puzzle i'll jam it up you know what's he um but in all seriousness i suppose for me the most important thing this year was checking in with people and I realised that everyone probably took a moment, they were calm enough and they weren't busy enough for a moment to really sort of check themselves out and see where they were going and whether or not they had the right balance in their life and so forth because I know what it's like for you. You know, on weekends, your weekends are absolutely chock-a-block. You're running around, you're trying to do a great job, you've got a good team there and stuff. But, you know, is that the most important thing in your world? compared to, you know, family and friends and so forth. And I think we all took a moment this year to probably work out that our balance was pretty much out. Um, I don't know how successful we'll be at keeping that balance because the world seems to be getting back pretty quickly to the way it used to be. But And we're creatures of habit, right? So we'll probably drop back into that zone. But uh, one thing, it, stop, it stopped people thinking perhaps that work is the be-all and end-all. Um, that's been a real positive for me. But... Ralph, I, I work in a, in a field now that is extremely emotional. And, you know, when I kept hearing that we were losing someone to the coronavirus, I was sad, but we never got a moment in media where there was nine a day or 10 a day at times that we're losing to suicide. And when we had a few hundred lost to COVID, which of course are very sad um, and heartbreaking for family and friends, we we were losing thousands to suicide. We'll lose nearly 3,400 Australians this year to suicide and we'll probably lose three or 400 on the roads. And every time there's a crash on the roads, then it's the first thing we hear on the news. Um, if suicide, you know, if it was the numbers were the same in, in terms of cars, uh, crashes and accidents, we'd be banning cars. So we need to make sure that we start looking after our friends and family a little bit better. We need to be open, honest and vulnerable with them and we need to sit in some uncomfortable silence to make sure that we are being the best possible friend, husband, father that you can be to the people that we love. Um, we just need to learn how to do that and that is not easy, but we need to learn to do it. It's our responsibility to look at the big world and go, what can I do? Well, it starts with our own little crew, our own village, our own community. You touched on the the ability of the Gotcha for Life Foundation to transition into to online this year and obviously many businesses around the country were, were forced to do the same. So I guess in again trying to look at the, the positive side of the situation, you were able to, to reach perhaps people that you didn't think you'd be able to reach who weren't able to bring themselves to, to come to a lot of your, your events or a lot of the workshops that you conduct. So from that point of view, people have their own way of consuming they have their own way of learning so obviously to be able to do that and have the ability to be able to to reach those people was obviously a great thing for for you and and i guess for for people moving forward as well yeah look absolutely there's no doubt i was worried about the safety that we could build because what we do it's 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 a workshop 
it's a facilitation. It's not a sit there, stand up, go through a presentation where you just sort of nod your head, you get up and go, thanks for that. We actually go into breakout rooms. We have moments where you just turn to the person to your right and you just speak to them. How were we going to make sure we could do that and keep and, and keep the love and keep the safety to be able to allow people to go, you know what, I'm going to tell them how I feel about this. I, I feel safe enough to tell people how I truly feel. And I was worried about that on technology. But, you know, as I said before, we'll probably have 40% of our uh, workshops now online, virtual, um, even coming out of the pandemic. I don't think anything's quite as good as face-to-face, but there are a lot of people we're going to capture now through technology that we never would have had turn up at the local sports club or they would have had the day off if it was coming into work Um, or we've done a deal with Surf Life Saving New South Wales now. We use their facilities. They've been brilliant. And, you know, these surf clubs, we've had 250 blokes in them some nights, you know, but we're not getting everyone and some blokes would very much happier in the safety of their own home, log on, do the workshop and, and, and get what they need to get out of it. So, yeah, we've certainly captured more people than ever. Um, I was really worried when it first started, but the technology has been brilliant. So within a couple of weeks, we were pivoted and we were out there running again. So let's reinforce the message, Gus. What should people do if they're, if they're struggling? How do they put their hand up? What do they do? Look, please don't worry alone. That's the absolute key. If you don't worry alone, then at least you've told one person how you truly feel. I understand we don't want to tell everyone. We don't want to be that vulnerable with everyone. We don't want to take off the mask with everyone, but just do it with one person. Please, anyone watching and listening now, get a pen and paper out. Write down a list of five people, if you can, that you believe have got you for life. Someone you can talk to, warts and all. You can have that conversation without any judgment, and they're going to love you no matter what. Write down those people's names phone them up and tell them that you love them. Tell them that you are going to tell them how you truly feel, that you're you're sick of faking it with everyone and at least with them, you're going to tell them the truth. That should be taken as a badge of honour by that person, the fact that you've thought enough about them, that you trust them enough with your true feelings, that you've selected them as your gotcha for life friend and, and pledge the fact that you're going to do that back and you're going to take your relationship to a deeper, stronger level. That's what, that's what we're talking about. So please don't worry alone and look up gotchaforlife.org. We've got lots of workshops. We've got lots of um, courses that we can provide. If any of those tickle your fancy, just get in contact with us and, uh, and we'll be able to put them on for you. So I uh, appreciate the time to talk about Gotcha for Life. It's been a funny year, 2020. Everyone's sort of going, oh, I can't wait for next year, but I've got a feeling, Ralph, that we're going to get an even tougher twenty. 21 in a lot of ways, especially when that welfare tap is turned off. So it's time now to look around at your friendship group, look around at your neighbourhood, your community, your village, whatever you want to call it, and go, you know what, am I doing enough to make sure that they know that I'm here for them and I'm not just there for the beers on Origin Night and I'm not just there for the game on Saturday Arvo. I'm about when someone actually is feeling so sad that they end up making a really permanent decision based on a temporary situation and that's what we've got in this country right now. So... Time to man up and speak up. Now, we'll wrap things up in a second. You've been very generous with your time, Gus, but what are you looking forward to most in 2021? Listening to ABC Grandstand, brother. Um, I mean, I love what you guys do. It's great. Um, oh, look, for, I'm looking forward to Christmas, I must admit. I've got um, got to do a couple of weeks of Brecky Radio and back on Triple M. I'm taking the Dead Set Legends onto that uh, with me, which will be fun. And then I'm doing a radio show uh, with Hugh Jackman, actually. Um, oh, nice. Nationally, on the 21st of December, all around Gotcha for Life and the fact that people have been struggling this year being able to travel around the world and stuff. So we're going to have that day. So I'm really looking forward to that. These, 
as you know, he's been my best mate since I was five. Um, and it was his idea to come up with the program. I went, bloody you, beauty. So that's great. Um, and then 2021, it's all about just keeping building Gotcha for Life, building the really solid foundations, finding some more supporters that can support us the way that our supporters at the moment do. Like we've got a couple of really big ones in in Chemist Warehouse and uh, and Shaw and Partners and, and, and a few others that give a significant amount of money because they believe in what we're doing. And I've just got to keep getting out there talking to people, uh, hopefully get a bone from the government would be great. I haven't had anything as yet um, from them. And we can just keep building this because I think this is uh, what I want to do for the rest of my life, mate. And again, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with the Gotcha for Life Foundation? Yeah, so Gotcha for Life, that's gotcha, the number four life.org. That's our website. Go on there. You can find out all about us. You can donate if you'd like to. Uh, you can pledge who you're uh, we can try to get a pledge of a, of, of a million mates and uh, you can put your go on there and just pledge uh, Ralph Tucker and Andrew Moore uh, right there together and you can pledge who your best mate is and we're trying to get a million of those um, over the next couple of months. So that'll be great if anyone can go and, and do that. that uh, that'll be available soon. Gus Wallen, thanks very much for joining me on 2020 Revision. It's my absolute pleasure, mate. It's lovely to see you and thanks again for everything you're doing on the ABC. It's great fun. <laughs> 